you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 332 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, the A's keep winning. They have won five games in a row, and I'll get into my thoughts about last night's game because once they tied that game, it felt like it was theirs to take, and... I love that feeling. It just feels so good. And the A's bullpen, we're getting into them. The A's made a an, an intriguing roster move, so we're going to get into that. AJ Puck is now with the A's. JB Wendell can DFA'd, so uh, going to give you some thoughts on that. And then in the third segment, we are doing Wild Wild West Watch. Where do the A's stand in the playoff race? I got some good news and some, you know, I, I've got mostly good news for you guys, so stick around for that. But before I get into anything, this episode is being brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me when I go live next week, because I went live uh, Tuesday night and uh, Sully from Locked On MLB joined. We had a, just a wide ranging conversation about all of his ideas and it was a lot of fun. I'm going to get that audio and I might actually release that as an episode because he had some very interesting thoughts about the state of baseball and what should be done to get things going and whatnot, like the all-star game to start the season. Uh, he, he gave me some details and it was very, very intriguing. I like the idea. What had happened? Probably not, but good things to think about. Uh, but got some other good things to think about and even talk about. Uh, but before I get into those, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. Make sure to join me next week. And then uh, you can also email us any questions that you got to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And as I mentioned on yesterday's show, our YouTube channel is up. It's live, but there's no content yet. I am waiting until I get back from my little uh, my my weekend vacation in Washington D.C. before I actually start posting stuff. Because once I start posting, I want to be a posting. I want to be a content machine. So I am waiting until I get back. <laughs> that, that's all that's going on there. Uh, maybe I'll get something going up. Maybe I'll get like one thing there so you guys can watch something while I'm gone. Um, but. It, that's there. I will leave a link in the show notes. So if you want to follow the YouTube page, it's basically the podcast, but you can see my pretty, pretty face and we can, uh, you know, you can leave nice comments. It'll be great. Um, only nice comments, please. I know what YouTube is and I don't feel like reading bad comments. Um, also just one quick other show note, since I am going to be gone starting on Thursday, I have, you know, this week is covered. We are good on this week, but I come back late Monday night and I got a baby appointment on Tuesday morning. So I am not going to be recording an episode for Tuesday either. So Monday and Tuesday, there will be no new episodes, but Wednesday through Friday or, you know, Saturday, I'll be recording. And so there will be episodes for you guys there. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, I'll, I'll get four up for you guys next week and, uh, you know, get you guys some A's coverage there. And it stinks. My sister has to graduate this weekend because uh, the, the White Sox 
series is coming up at the start of next week. So I'm going to miss the first couple of games. I'll be tweeting along and whatnot because uh, I'll be able to do that. But dang it, I want to talk more about that series. It should be a lot of fun. But let's talk about the A's current series against Cleveland. They won the first game of this one four to three. Tristan McKenzie looked really, really good. He was dominating with that fastball, but it was his slider that actually gave the A's fits. He got like 50% whiffs on that thing and he threw it 20% of the time. So he was really masking that slider really well with his fastball. And that's just what the stats say is because there were so many swings and misses uh they were sitting fastball not getting it and that's what led to him doing fairly well in this game he he, he pitched a good game uh you know who didn't pitch a good game was sean Manaya and was it the humidity in Cleveland? I've been looking at humidity in D.C. and it is nasty. It is disgusting. I do not want to go there. It's like uh, currently in the East Bay where it's 90, but uh, it's slightly hotter and then also humid. So did that play a role in Shamanaya's poor outing? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, and if he is, if this is kind of going to become the new normal or he is going to start, you know, the, the wheels are going to start falling off for Shamanaya and his amazing season, that could present a problem. But I'm not ready to panic just yet. Uh, he went one and two thirds innings in this game. He gave up five hits, three runs, walked three, struck out two. His command was all over the place. He threw 69 pitches in an inning and two thirds, 39 of those were strikes. Uh, that's just not going to be good enough to get outs at the major league level. So, uh, and he, he's shown throughout the course of the season, he is good enough to get outs at the major league level. So I think that he's going to be just fine. Uh, just, you know, poor adding these things happen and they're, you know, a scrappy bunch of guys, they're contact hitters. So they can just keep spoiling pitches. He had like 12 foul balls off of his sinker. And, uh, that is, that's not good. That's a lot of foul balls on, you know, 40 pitches, uh, in, in inning and two thirds. So when that happens, you know, it, it, nothing that you can really do, I guess. So, uh, but you know who did pitch really well for the A's, and that's Birch friggin' Smith. We're talking about him a little bit more extensively in the second segment, presumably, mostly. Uh, why wasn't he DFA'd instead of JB Wendelkin? Because that was something that I was seeing on Twitter a whole lot up until the game started. And then Birch Smith came in and uh, <laughs> you got your answer because he went three and a third innings pitched, gave up one hit out of relief and they needed him to be absolutely dominant. He was, he threw 40 pitches and three and a third, which is uh, less, less, fewer pitches than Shamanaya did in his one and two thirds. And uh, he also struck out too. So excellent job from Birch Smith. He saved the whole bullpen. First game of the road trip, big 10 game road trip, big, big road trip. And uh, he saved the bullpen on the first day. So thank you to Bert Smith. He was absolutely fantastic in this one. And uh, let's get going with just some little tidbits here. Uh, first up off the bat, Josh Harrison got hit on the hand. He is now day to day. Uh, Bob Melvin thinks that he's going to be sore. That's according to uh, Steve Berman of The Athletic. Uh, spoiler alert. I know that I've been teasing my my guest that's going to be coming on on Friday. It's Steve Berman of The Athletic. We're going to be talking on Wednesday afternoon. So uh, I know that I usually don't like to say I don't I don't like to spoil. I don't I'm not good with secrets is my problem. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to talk to Steve Berman on Wednesday. So uh, that should be in your guys's feeds on Friday so that it's not outdated by the time you guys hear it. Uh, but 
Josh Harrison, he's seen, he'll be okay. He'll probably miss the next game or two, maybe the rest of this series, but uh, he should be back. He's been a very, very nice addition to the A's roster. And uh, another nice addition the last couple of games here, you got Seth Brown. He came up when Ramon Laureano got suspended. He's hit home runs in each of the last two games. And since the All-Star break with the A's, it's not a huge sample size, but since the All-Star break, he is 8 for 24 with four home runs and a 407 on on base percentage he's hitting 333 um he was kind of starting to figure some things out right before he got sent down but uh if, if this is uh, he's obviously not going to be a 333 hitter with a 400 on base percentage but if he can be somewhat productive with the defense that he provides in the outfield then i think that he might be just fine as a replacement for a ramon laureano does he do everything that ramon does no nobody's ramon laureano because he's amazing at defense and seth brown's pretty good at defense but uh when ramon gets hot at the dish he's just unstoppable and i don't know that seth brown is net you know quite at the unstoppable level when he gets hot but He's a fearsome bat. He's a nice bat to have in the lineup. I'll take him. You don't want him against lefties, though. But uh, I, I'll take him against righties. I'll, I'll go with that just fine. But uh, one guy that I will take against righties, lefties, rain, shine, sleet, it doesn't matter. It's Starling Marte. He is, I, I'm running out of adjectives. I'm running out of superlatives to describe what Starling Marte has meant to this team. I'll start with what he did on the field in the eighth inning. He got a single, then he stole second base. He moved to third on a Matt Olson single, and then he scored on a ground out by Jed Lowry. Uh, that's how the ace tied the game, 3-3. And Starling Marte is just, that's just what he does. And if he does not steal that base, then he probably doesn't end up on third base with less than two outs. And then all of a sudden, the A's probably don't tie that game. So Starling Marte, all of his tools are necessary for the A's to be winning games. And that leads me to my next point, which is if the A's played this game before the trade deadline, they do not win this baseball game. Uh, their both pin has been solidified. Andrew Chafin got the save. Uh, Starling Marte doing amazing things. They do not win this type of game two weeks ago. And now they've got some pieces. They're winning these types of games. They need these types of wins. And uh, they're doing it. They've won five straight. They're looking pretty decent in the playoff race. As of right now, there's still, you know, six weeks left in the season. So we'll see what happens. Seven weeks, I guess. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I like where they are headed right now. Uh, they got to keep winning these games, though, because it's going to be tricky starting next week. Um, also, Matt Chapman, I, I got to talk about him every single podcast because uh, this is a, a fun little stat. He did not strike out in this game. Did he get a hit? No, he had a couple of walks. He went over two. He was fine. He did not strike out, though, and that is the first time that he has not struck out in a game since July 23rd. That is a while ago to not have any strikeouts in a game. And I think that he had like two or three games all of last month where he did not strike out in a game. So this is a very rare occurrence. And uh, I got to talk about him every day on the podcast, which it leads me to my new uh, shtick, I guess. And that is uh, send me your Matt Chapman thing that you want me to read on the air after the game. And uh, I will read it for you guys. And today's winner is Mikey Robinson, who said Matt Chapman has had better plate appearances as of late and seems to be seeing the ball better. And of course, his defense is well insane. Thank you, Mikey. You win today's Twitter thing. I don't I don't have a name for this yet. Um, and yeah, Matt Chapman 
has been having slightly better at bats. It's it's his bat speed, which is uh, what another commenter said. Is he, it seems like his bat speed is picking up. If he can catch up to fastballs, I think that he's going to be lethal for the A's down the stretch. But but for now, he's still in the number eight hole, right ahead of Elvis Andrews. So uh, there's not a lot of pressure on Matt Chapman to do much of anything. Uh, but when he gets going, he's going to be right up there at number five in that lineup, and he's going to he's going to be a force. And if Matt Chapman becomes a force this season. The rest of the American League better watch out because this team can rake. Uh, they, they can beat you in a bunch of different ways. They got speed. They've got Starling Marte. Uh, <laughs> that's all that you need. And then Matt Olson occasionally gets you know singles or doubles or home runs or whatever he does. And uh, he's still third in WAR in all of baseball. Only I guess only in the American League. He's fourth in WAR in all of baseball. So uh, he's been pretty good as well. Yeah, love to see it. And I just want to point out one last thing, and that is that the hardest hit ball of the night came in the tenth inning off of the bat of Ahmed Rosario. It was that leaping, you know, quick reaction catch that Matt Chapman made, and it saved a run, it saved the game, and it was hit at 108.2 miles an hour, and that is four miles an hour faster than any other ball hit in this game. And Matt Chapman snared that one, brought it in, and the A's came away victorious. You love to see it. What a fun game. And I said it before, but this game felt like once they tied it, it was theirs to win, and it's just nice to have that feeling back again. So uh, I got some some thoughts about the AJ Puck news coming up, so stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms live for Locked On A's once a week, and yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about baseball, and you'll find fans just like you on on Green Room. If you like me, I'm on Green Room. I'm a fan like you. There you go. And we can do watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On A's podcast through the Green Room conversations. So go download the free Green Room app now, available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at ByJasonB to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live next week because I am going to be gone for the next week. So I'll be live sometime next week. I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter. Uh, I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the A's. I'll see you guys there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, just real quick, uh, apologies to Jude and Russell and Zach uh, for not being able to bring you guys on board for the, uh, the, the Spotify Green Room. Usually, I like talking to everybody, but uh, Sully came and I know that he likes to talk a lot. 
and I felt like there wouldn't be any wiggle room word-wise if there was more than just me and him on the dais, and there was barely enough room for me. So <laughs> I apologize to uh, the people that showed up because usually we have a nice one-on-one -on -one conversation, and that was not the case this time. So I apologize. It will be different next time because Sully, that's the first time that he's dropped in. He's a great guy, but uh, he does talk a lot. <laughs> Anyways, let's get over to some quick news. Uh, I'll talk about AJ Puck here in a second, but in, in the midst of all of my notes, I have Nick Allen is apparently going to get promoted to AAA to Las Vegas, according to Martini Gallegos of MLB.com. Uh, that is not unexpected whatsoever. M Melissa Lockard wrote about that in The Athletic on Monday, and it just kind of makes sense. He's been hitting the cover off the ball. He's been fantastic, and uh, yeah. He'll probably be in Oakland in September for September call-ups, so may as well get him some at-bats there. And he might just be a defensive guy uh, when he gets his call to Oakland, but he should be in Oakland at some point this season. Uh, see if he can be, you know, a defensive replacement bench spot because his glove plays, and I'm very, very excited to see that on a daily, daily basis. But uh, let's talk about the the news of the day, and that is A.J. Puck, who actually pitched an inning in this game, and he looked good. Good. He threw mostly sinkers, one slider. Uh, that slider was whiffed on, so uh, slider's the dominant pitch, 100% whiff rate. But they they called up A.J. Puck, they had DFA J.B. Wendelkin, and this is a little-known rule in baseball, and that is when you call up somebody with initials in their name, you have to designate somebody who also has initials on their name for assignment. That's just that's just the rule. It's rule 10.2 section A. Uh, I think it's paragraph two. Uh, don't trust me. It, it's there. That's just why JB Wendelkin was chosen to be DFA'd. It sucks because we all liked him and maybe they should have thought about that rule before they called up AJ Puck. I don't know, but it stinks because I big JB Wendelkin fan right here. I love him so much. And uh, before the season started and before Lou Gervino was a, a new man, I legitimately thought that JB Wendelkin would be the closer for this team, but he spent a lot of time on the IL with his injury, his side injury. And uh, those take a, a little while to heal and he just didn't quite he wasn't quite the same guy that we were coming to expect from what we've seen the last couple of years. And uh, he, he just didn't have it as, as much as we would like him to. He was still roughly league average. He was still okay, but he wasn't the 1.8 ERA guy that we saw last year. And uh, maybe that's what led to it. I've got some theories as to why it was JB Wendelkin that got DFA'd and not Birch Smith. But before I get into those, uh, JB, uh, we, we love you in Oakland. I wish you the best of luck wherever you land because he's a good, good pitcher. He's going to land somewhere real fast. Uh, it might be on a rebuilding team that's just like, yeah, screw it. Why not? Or it might be on another contender. It might be like the Phillies because they always need bullpen help. He's going to help somebody uh, in the near in the near future and also in the long term because he's got a few more years of control. He's he's a solid, solid pitcher when he's on the mound. So uh, good luck to JB wherever he winds up. I'm rooting for him because uh, I, I like the guy. I don't know why. I just like the guy. Um, but let's talk real quick about why it was him and not Birch Smith. I mean, the short answer is we saw why on Tuesday night in Cleveland. That, that seems like the obvious answer, but I think that there could be two potential reasons, and I'll get to those here in just one second, but just statistically, uh, there's two things that I thought stood out to me, and one of those was uh, his barrel percentage, and uh, J.B. Wendelkin's barrel percentage was 3.8%, which isn't terrible, that's that's fine, but 
Burt Smith had a slightly better barrel percentage at 2.9. That just means that he's missing more bats or missing more barrels. He's getting hit less hard, less often. It, that's all that that means. And there, it's comparable. It's not like you would choose one guy just because of that stat. But, you know, in correlation with a few other things, maybe. Uh, the One of those other things would be the walk percentage. And that is where... Birch Smith kind of stood out a little bit more this season, not overall, but this season, uh, because he has a 6.8% walk rate, uh, not 6.8 per nine. This is just overall walk percentage at 6.8%, whereas JB Wendelkin was at 11.1. And this is something that I've been seeing the A's kind of go after with pitchers that they've been acquiring. Cole Irvin, not a walk guy. He does he hits his spots. That's what he does. He's not a big strikeout guy. Neither is Birch Smith, but he does not walk guys very often and maybe that's kind of where the A's are headed and maybe as Melissa Lockard pointed out on Twitter on when the A's went and got Starling Marte maybe they're just acquiring guys with skill sets that they can mold and they're going after you know maybe their skill set that the A's are trying to go after is guys that hit their spots they don't need to throw a hundred but they're not going to allow other guys on because if there's nobody on, it doesn't matter if you get hit for a home run every now and then because there's nobody on base unless there's, you know, hits and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, bad things do happen, but less often you're not inflicting damage upon yourself. So maybe that's something that the A's have been, you know, targeting a little bit more. And so that's one thought. And then my other two main thoughts were one, they're fairly similar pitches, pitchers statistically when they're healthy. Um, and, I think that there's the same, roughly the same amount of upside when healthy. Burt Smith has been a little bit more injury plagued than JB Wendelkin. JB had the one big injury this year for that left him out on the shelf for a couple of months. But generally, Burt Smith has been, you know, fairly decent when he's on the mound. And maybe, maybe uh, the track record that Burt Smith has in the majors, which is a little bit slightly longer, not as long, but he's had some some worse seasons than he's having right now. Uh, he had a seven ERA in like 2018 or something like that. Uh, maybe that is something that they took into account because both players are arbitration eligible this offseason. And maybe they think that Burt Smith will be uh will fetch a lesser price than J.B. Wendelkin because Burt Smith has not had a, a, a bullpen season where he's had a 1-8 ERA or, you know, a sub-3 ERA or anything like that. Burt Smith has always been like a good reliever, but maybe they're happy with Burt Smith and they can probably pay him a little bit less because all of the moves that the A's have been making for the last year have been salary-related and it just kind of makes sense that that would kind of play a role in their thinking in this specific situation. And then my other thought here is that from July 7th through the 26th, we did not see Burt Smith in a game. He was on the roster. He did not pitch in a game from July 7th through the 26th. And that leads me to believe that, uh, one, they didn't necessarily need him. They were getting innings from their starting pitchers, so their bullpen was always nice and rested. They could always just go there. Nobody was overtaxed. They didn't need to use him necessarily. But he also had that time to be working on something. And maybe he had been working on something, and they feel like he is a better bet for the rest of this season, and also he might cost a little bit less than J.B. Wendelkin might be for the rest of this season and relievers are fickle and you got to go within the now and maybe Burt Smith is the better pitcher in their eyes than J.B. Wendelkin right now for the playoff run that they are trying to have and if they got a DFA somebody later on sure that, that 
relievers grow on trees. The A's always find relievers. Remember when we were worried about this relief core? Uh, they're the best in baseball since July, so they're amazing right now. Uh, good job, Sergio Romo, who's been absolutely fantastic, but let's go back to Burt Smith here. His stats since the beginning of July, he hasn't pitched that much, keep that in mind, but in 12 and a third innings pitched, he's given up 10 hits, so that's not bad. Uh, he's given up three earned runs, which is a sub three ERA, so that's much, much better than he's been doing over the course of the season. And then he has four walks and three strikeouts, five strikeouts, sorry, five strikeouts. I have crappy, crappy handwriting. So he's been a fairly decent and effective pitcher since July, which is, you know, a month and a week. It's not a ton of time, but uh, in his limited exposure to batters, he's he's been getting the job done. And that includes Tuesday's performance in Cleveland. So then that's a that's a big part. That's a third of the outings that he's had is right there in that one outing. And the only reason that I think that this could be the case is those two arguments right there is because uh, J.B. Wendelkin, is, they're, they're both arbitration eligible after this season. And so they're not going to be making a ton of money, but they are arbitration eligible. So that makes a little bit of sense. And J.B. Wendelkin actually had an extra year of control on his deal. So... I don't think that that's necessarily it. J.B. Wendelkin's a free agent after the uh, 2024 season, so going into 2025. And then Burt Smith was going to be a free agent after 2023, so uh, it doesn't really matter what was necessarily going on contract-wise because, again, relievers are fickle. You can find them kind of wherever, and they got Burt Smith in a you know very, very low-stakes deal. Uh, they got Cole Irwin, very, very low-stakes cash deal. Not a, lot of go not a lot going on there. So uh, that's why I think that the move was made. I don't know, but those are the reasons... Uh, money, and also maybe he's going to be the better reliever the rest of the way. That Those are my thoughts. Um, and I don't know that they necessarily care what the bullpen looks like because they can just find whoever. Um, but that's all that I got on that news for you guys. Uh, coming up, we're going over Wild Wild West Watch, so stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends, and they have so many delicious flavors. Sometimes they get those flavors to pop up like the Rocky Road that I mentioned. It's gone. It is no longer available on the website, and so I hope you guys got it. But if you if you missed it, they have nine core flavors that are always available on the website. And if you haven't had one of these before, then you can go ahead and go get a mix box where you get two of each of their nine flavors. You'll get your cherry barcias, your raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate, and also coconut. Built Bar does not miss when they release a Built Bar because they are absolutely amazing. And they're also amazing for you. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein. Their calorie range is from 130 to 180. There's only four or five grams of sugar, only four or five grams of net carbs. They're all amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. And to get your hands on some of these delicious treats, all you got to do is go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The trade deadline is just behind us. Everybody is making their push towards October, and you can track all of the action over at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, the UFC, and MMA, and also the NFL action is getting going at Bet Online. Do you, do you know who's going to win the Super Bowl? You can. 
you can put your money where your mouth is over there. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in October. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. So you guys are enjoying the show. Make sure to leave us a rating and a review. Always love hearing the nice things that people say about the show. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. The link is in the bio for the show. Uh, just click on that. Click it two two clicks. That's all you need. Uh, click and then subscribe. That's all you got to do. And uh, you can see all of the crazy hand motions that I do when I talk. And lastly, if you like this show, then you may also like the Locked on Bets podcast because betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Man, I hope they say it like that. Anyways, follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, let's get into the Wild Wild West we- recap. Recap. There we go. Uh, I got a few minutes. Let's run through it real, real quick. The Boston Red Sox gave up four runs in the ninth inning. Matt Barnes sucks, and uh, they lost this one 8-4 to four to the Tampa Bay Rays. That's the team. Uh, over the last six games, the Boston bullpen has allowed 21 earned runs in 21 innings pitched. Uh, for those keeping score at home, that is a 9 ERA from their bullpen. They suck. Uh, in that uh, top of the ninth inning, the Tampa Bay Rays went bases loaded with two outs. And the, the thing that broke the tie was a Francisco Mejia single and an E9 from Hunter Renfro, the man with the cannon, but he didn't have a plan. And uh, that, that scored three runs. And then there was another single later on. And uh, that's how they scored four. What a game. You love to see it. Boston sucks. Love that so much. And you know what even makes that better? The New York stupid Yankees also lost by the same score, eight to four to the Kansas City Royals. The Royals were down three to two entering the bottom of the fifth. And then from the fifth through the eighth, they scored one run, two runs, two runs, one run. And uh, that is how you get wins in baseball. You just keep scoring every inning. And the, the Kansas City Royals did that. The New York Yankees and their $205 million payroll did not do that. The Yankees, in fact, got five hits in this game against Kansas City Royals pitching, and they had nine innings to do it. They did not do it. Uh, what What the hell? I, I know I looked at their lineup. The second half of their lineup is not great, but still, the first half of their lineup includes DJ LeMayhew, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and Joey Gallo. They put up four runs, and they got two hits between those guys. So I'm just saying... Uh, I'm not necessarily terrified. If they get hot, then I'm scared of the Yankees, but otherwise, not so much. Uh, Salvador Perez, in this game, he also hit two home runs, and now he has, with his 28 home runs on the season, has now hit the most home runs by a Kansas City catcher in franchise history, and uh, he broke his own record to get that record. So good job for Salvador Perez in that game. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays played two games, so I'm not going to go too much into the actual nitty-gritty, but they split the doubleheader, so... 
Not much happened there. They lost game one, six to three to the Angels. Shohei and the replacements got eight hits in that game in seven innings. Uh, the, yeah, Shohei Otani got like one hit in that game and he was fine. And then uh, David Fletcher, we know him. And then it was a bunch of like, Tony Gonsolin? No, he's the pitcher. Who's the other one? Uh, the one that's on the Angels. He had a couple of hits. There's a bunch of no-names on this Angels roster right now. Anthony Rendon, out for the season. Mike Trout hasn't returned yet. The guys that you know, the scary guys in this lineup, are not playing. They still got eight hits against the Blue Jays, uh, who were you know trying. Whereas the Yankees, again, five hits against the Kansas City Royals. That's all that I'm saying. Uh, in game two, Toronto won this one. Uh, they went 4-0 on this one. They scored uh, two runs in the first and two runs in the sixth, and that's how they got four. They didn't allow any runs, and that was the game. And then the Houston Astros beat the Road Rockies 5 to nothing. and I have to call them the Road Rockies because the Rockies are 13-41 and away from Coors Field. Uh, that's not good, but... Here's the, here's the caveat. They got five hits in this game against the Houston Astros. So the Rockies are okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, finally, from that game, Jake Odorizzi went five innings pitched, gave up three hits, walked two, struck out three. Michael Brantley did return to the lineup, so he was doing okay after that collision with uh, Andrelton Simmons on Sunday. He's doing fine, I guess. He had a hit in an RBI or something like that. He was fine. Uh, so standings-wise, oh, and uh, just real quick, the Seattle Mariners are five and a half games out of the second wild card spot, so until they get a little bit closer, they are now off of the wild, wild West watch. I'm only talking about the other teams. Uh, you know, the A's, obviously, and then the other four. Um, so the Houston Astros keep their lead over the A's at two games in the West. And then o Oakland, the Oakland A's, the team that this podcast is all about, the Oakland A's, uh, they are now the first wild card in the American League because the Boston Red Sox lost in just demoralizing and hilarious fashion. So good job from them. Uh, they're now a game back of the A's for the first wild card spot. But behind them, you got the Yankees by two games. So now the Yankees are three games back of the A's with their eight to four, just humiliating a loss to the Kansas City Royals. And then the Toronto Blue Jays are two and a half games back of Boston, three and a half back of the Oakland A's. So it looks like the A's got a little bit of breathing room and they might need that coming up next week because they got the White Sox and then I believe the Giants after that. So it's going to be an interesting week. We'll see what happens. But uh, I am here for the ride. They got Starling Marte. They, the A's cannot be beaten. I think they're like eight and two since they got on the club. So they're fine. They're uh, world beaters. They can beat the Clevelands and the Texases and split with and also the Angels. And then they can split with the San Diego Padres. So absolute world beaters. Uh, these these Oakland days with Starlight Marte. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. I got an episode coming up for you guys Thursday morning. I'm going to record that after the game and then uh, hopefully get some sleep before my flight. And I don't know what my voice did just there. Uh, and then I'm also going to record uh, with Steve Berman of The Athletic. He's the A's uh, beat writer right now for The Athletic, if you guys don't know. The Bay Area sports guy is now covering the Oakland Athletics, and I'm going to be talking to him for a little bit on Wednesday. That'll be releasing on Friday morning for you guys. So uh, that's that's the schedule. And then I'm off Monday, Tuesday from the podcast. I'll be recording uh, those days. And then I'll record Tuesday night. So for Wednesday, so Wednesday through Saturday, there will be podcasts in your feed for you. It'll be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Follow the YouTube channel. It's in the show notes. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk at you tomorrow.